to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Thank you, kins and queens, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to join us in just a moment, uh, Michaela Johnson. Uh, she's going to teach us on how to throw away the towel and apologizing to others for being ourselves and becoming a better us. Um, before I get into uh, today's topic, I do want to go into a bio about uh, Michaela. And Michaela Renee Johnson is a best-selling author, a licensed psychotherapist, and host of the top iTunes podcast, BU Find Happiness, which encourages people to speak their truth with grace and live a courageous life of authenticity. Her initiative, BU Find Happy, uh, holds workshops and conversations on finding happiness in spite of life's setbacks and has landed her speaking opportunities across the nation. Uh, so thank you, Michaela, for tuning in and being a part of Uncommon Women today. We uh, definitely appreciate you. Uh, before we get into the goods of you teaching us today, can you tell us a little bit about um, your life and how was it growing up? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a big topic, but um, I'll, I'll give it my best. Um, you know, so I grew up in a, just to kind of summarize it quickly, I grew up in a 27-foot fifth wheel with no running water and no electricity um, in the rural Sierra Nevadas and uh, created a life that was very expansive in material things um, and then found myself right back at ground zero and um, kind of started to realize that, you know, while I had tried to run away from my upbringing, the way that my parents had done things was actually the greatest way to do things, which is to live simply, to be present in the moment um, and to find appreciation in the simple things, gratitude for what you do have instead of focusing on what you don't have and what you want to create. So, um, you know, all in all, uh, I created a life where I'm a psychotherapist, a best-selling author. Um, I have a podcast, it's a top iTunes podcast. You know, all these things are really just labels. Um, the one that probably brings me the most happiness is mom. Um, so, you know, I, I could, I could kind of go down the list of these, but um, you know, I think we get ourselves stuck up in uh, defining by these things rather than living from an internal space of what's bringing me happiness in this moment. And what do I need to create um, to generate the life that I want, which for me is one that includes a lot of peace and calm and laughter. So I agree. I do. I totally love peace. I would probably have peace most of the time, but again, I'm a mom too. So I understand all about that. <laughs> well, Some people love drama. You know, they just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's not my jam. Maybe it was when I was in my twenties. It's not my jam now. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, so do I. I th I'm, well, my kids are grown, so I get a lot of peace around me. So <laughs> I was a sing I, I, you know, obviously I was a single mom, but my kids are older now. But I enjoy my peace, and even as an adult not having kids, I like to enjoy my peace. That's a peace is to me very important to have. Absolutely. So um, can you tell us a little bit on tips on how we can use how how we can use them and, you know, stop apologizing for actually being ourselves? I think it's um, not uncommon to live in a way where we're trying to satisfy someone else's needs. We're trying to create um, a comfortable living space with uh, the relationships that are in our life. And by doing so, we kind of lose sight of what's important to us and what we need. Um, and so we often in that space apologize without even knowing why. Like I have a lot of clients that will just say, you know, someone will ask, can you pick up my my kid on Friday? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, but. And it's like when we're I'm sorry, budding for everything in our life, we're going to find ourselves resentful. We're going to find ourselves stressed out. We're going to find ourselves confused. Um, it's much better to be able to say something to the effect of, uh, you know, I I can't do such and such. Thank you for understanding. Um, but we're quick to say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like we're just like this super apologizing nation. Um, and what that's really done is it's gotten us into a situation where we don't even really know what we're apologizing for anymore. Mm -hmm. Unless you like run into somebody with your grocery cart, <laughs> there's like <laughs> very few times that you probably need to be apologizing. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just habitual. It just comes out of our mouth. Uh, so, so how this kind of ties into living our true intention is, are you really sorry for the thing or things that you've done that maybe you needed to do for your human survival? Like I literally cannot pick up your kid because I am so stressed out this week that I will have a heart attack. So are you really sorry for that? Or is that just you setting a boundary? You know what I mean? So I think that we get ourselves into situations when we're constantly apologizing for what our inner truth is, for what our gut tells us to be right. Mm. And that, that brings another question. So do you, do you believe that people that always say, I'm sorry, before they actually, you know, give a reason on why they can't do something, if they're, if they do something mistakenly, are they really sorry? Or is it just something that they're used to saying? So, so here's what I really think about this. I think that apologies are noise. I know this is very um, like kind of advanced or alternative thinking, but I really find that, uh, you know, I would much rather have somebody come to me that has done something that's hurt my feelings or something like that and talk with me about the intention behind it and the why and how can we move forward from this experience than to just say, I'm so sorry. You know, it's like, yeah. so you're going to go be a total B and mm -hmm. like throw me under the bus and treat me this way. And then you're just going to, I'm so sorry that I did that. It's like, mm, no, that's not really like enhancing our relationship. It certainly isn't necessarily an empty apology. You probably are sorry on some level, but it doesn't, it doesn't help our situation progress. 
So I would much rather have a conversation about like, hey, the reason that I did this is because I was in a situation where I didn't feel like there was many outs and, you know, it was easier for me to use your name. And I'm, I apologize for doing that. Wow. I, I'll try to do that not in the future, blah, blah, blah. Like that is much more of an in-depth, healthy conversation in a way where apology can be productive. But other than that, I'm sorry is a really noise on the spectrum. Mm. So like the why, get straight to the why. why yeah, well, let me understand what, you know, why this happened or, or what was happening for you that, that you, you know, got drunk and called me a bad name. You know, mm-hmm. what was going on for you? You know, like we talk about excusable behavior and excusable behavior. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's behavior is excusable. It's just what are your boundaries and limits? Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm, indeed. Um, it, how do how can we acknowledge that we're just apologizing sometimes for no reason? For just it takes practice so when i work with my clients on this i'll say you have to like cognitively practice when it does not matter so for example you have to practice with the friend who says oh can you come to taco tuesday and they'll say oh i'm sorry but you have to practice there you know what i mean and say oh actually i need some self-care time thanks for understanding you have to practice it when it doesn't matter. So that when it's like some big, deep conversation with your mother-in-law, you know, <laughs> then it's not, it, you know, it's a little bit easier to get into that space of, no, I am actually entitled to my thoughts and feelings. So mm-hmm. long as I speak them with grace, I'm doing you a favor and I'm doing me a favor. You know what I mean? Okay. So when do you actually hold accountability and knowing, you know, when you had enough and um, you're you're not feeling like you're not feeling bad for for apologizing or being sorry on it? Okay, so this is kind of like this twofold conversation. So um, if you have an expectation of someone else feeling sorry for something that they've done to you, you're setting yourself up for a tremendous amount of disappointment because maybe that person doesn't even see it as a thing. Now, if it's um, from your perspective, like how do I know if I owe somebody apology? If you're thinking like, if you have that thought, you probably need to circle back with somebody. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you say something, something spews out of your mouth or an action comes out of your body and you go, that doesn't feel good in my belly, unless you're a sociopath, right? That's totally disconnected from, you know, empathetic, compassionate reasoning. Um, then if you have that feeling in your belly, you probably owe someone something. But don't owe someone something for them. Owe someone something for you. So like, you know, this isn't sitting right with me. And so I, I need to continue this conversation in my own self to find out why that I treated this person this way and then make a decision on how to approach that person. Because a lot of times we get into situations where we could do a lot more harm if we're not careful on how we come back to somebody that we've hurt. Okay. Mm. 
So initially, you need to find out why you don't feel good about something. It always has to come from that space of uh, what is the disconnect within my own body on this? And why do I feel uncomfortable or um, sad or guilty and, and go from there? Um, and I say that because a lot of times, you know, codependents can get into really yucky situations, apologizing to people who are very, very hurtful to them and disrespecting of their boundaries because they don't connect with themselves first. They, they go right to that. I'm so sorry place I screwed up. So it is important that we understand why we feel that way and then make a decision on how to proceed. Okay. Um, can you give us tips on how we can be us and to stop apologizing? I mean, I think the biggest thing is just um, do some self-work, know what you want. And then unless you're doing something super ungraceful or something super disrespectful, don't be afraid to, to go after life. You know, I mean, I think a lot of 2020 has taught us that, like, you know, there's there's thoughts and beliefs that do not align with who we are as a person. Yeah. And um, can we educate ourselves? Can we do our research? Can we learn more? Yes, we always should be doing that. But at the end of the day, if there's something that just does not align with who you are as a person, don't engage. It doesn't mean that you um it doesn't mean that you may not someday, right? Like I always say, I reserve the right to change my mind when presented with new information. <laughs> but in this moment, I'm not apologizing for this because I wouldn't even know why I'm apologizing. Right. I don't understand myself in this situation <laughs> enough or what I'm feeling to even give you that. So I'm mm -hmm. gonna step back, I'm gonna explore a little bit inside and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that. Let's shift it a little bit. Can we speak on or could you educate ways on how we can bounce back from setbacks in our life? Not even just apologizing, but, you know, setbacks in our life internally of knowing our identity. So here's the deal. This is where people get super sideways. They think like, oh, happiness is this thing. And then once I get it, I have it forever. And the reality is, no, there's always something or someone that's challenging right. that, right? That's nope. like, nope. cut you off and you're having the greatest freaking day. And then you like, I'm on the brakes and now you're quit, you know? So this is one of those things where we get in this like mind space of like, I'm going to be happy forever. That's not a thing. Like you're going to be pissed some days. That's a mm -hmm. thing, right? So it's, yeah. all about, it's all about resetting in that moment and how quickly you do that. Like how quickly can you tap into your resiliency and say like, hmm, there's something in this experience for me. I'm supposed to be here now. And it's also important to remember, and I recently attended a, a webinar with uh, Matt Kahn, who's like a really cool spiritual healer. And, uh, you know, he was talking about how there is the universe is never giving us anything yucky, right? It's giving us something to enhance our existence, like our experience in this life. And so mm -hmm. even if it's something we could say negative or painful versus something positive and happy or pleasant, um, there's something in this experience to be grateful for. And, you know, yeah. it's really about balance. Like we wouldn't know happy if we never felt sad. Could you imagine? Mm -hmm. Like, remember that commercial? You might be too young. The commercial is like the guy was like, 
the lotto is up to one million dollars. Like super flat. <laughs> I definitely thought you meant for that. <laughs> it's literally like to be like, you know, it's like the you know, whatever, whatever. Or whatever. No. It's up to forty-two million dollars. The lotto is up to forty-two million dollars. Like she's super freaking flat. Like that sucks, right? That's how we would all be in life. We would be like, this is really great. My new car is shiny. Like <laughs> <laughs> the one commercial when they were like dry eye, red eye. Now I know that one. Right. <laughs> or so, something like that. <laughs> you can kind of be like, wow, I'm super grateful for this sad moment because I can appreciate happy so much more by knowing sad. Mm, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But there's always this thing that I hear a lot of people talk about. They said happiness can be vague. So I got the title of happiness expert at some point. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know who this vague person is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sure. if we're looking at it as something, it's not really tangible, right? Like we can't say if this or that, like in this way, but I can say like, I can describe things and moments and experiences and feelings that bring me happiness. I can certainly do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can say that when I'm sitting right. with my reading a book in the evening time, I, I feel like I'm nailing it as a mom. I'm giving him quality time. I'm super present. I'm enhancing his life by reading to him. And that makes me happy. Like I could, I could literally define all of these things or I could say, you know, when it's a Sunday afternoon and I've put in a lot of hard work and I'm sitting among my garden and I've just shoveled like a yard's worth of dirt and I've got a cold drink and um, the sprinklers come on and it's a little misty, like I'm just happy. Like I'm in my Zen space, you know, so there's there. I think the importance of what you're trying to say with the vagueness is happiness is vague if you want to let it be like take an experience and yeah. talk with yourself and say like what are all these things in this moment that are contributing yeah. to what i'm happy about right you know like what yeah. i'm saying oh i'm happy okay well why like so so as a therapist this is something that i do a lot in my practice is people love to say like i'll say what are you feeling right now and they love to say like i'm i'm sad you know mm -hmm. and i'm like okay um where do you feel sad? Mm. And they'll say, oh, you know, and they'll think about it and they'll say, I, you know, I kind of just feel it in my chest or I feel it in my heart or I feel like a tingling in my throat or they can really describe it. And I say, okay, so, so describe sad, you know, well, when I think about this and this and this, okay, okay. so now we're working with this. Yeah. <laughs> saying, all right, so what I'm hearing you say is um, when you think about this, you feel a tingling sensation in your throat and you feel sad because you're not really speaking your truth to someone in your life, right? So now we can work with that. Now we can work with it. Right. And it's the same thing yeah. for all the emotions, right? Like we can strip back the onion and find out like what we're really looking at. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, one of the viewers, I totally agree with it. She says, um, happiness can fluctuate depending on your circumstances and joy is constant. I like yeah. that. Hi, Andrea. Uh, yeah. So 
Happiness <laughs> definitely fluctuates, like rapid too, like rapid cycling, you know, like REM sleep. Like I could be at a concert super stoked and then have to wait in the beer line and I'm like pissed, you know, or something, you know, so it definitely can fluctuate for sure. And I do think that joy, um, Joy is something we can always find. I agree with Andrea. I, I mean, I think we can always find the joy in the yep, moment. Definitely. I don't think she's wrong. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Well, speaking <laughs> of joy, where do you get your inspiration from? Besides <laughs> um, <laughs> being a mom, because we know you love being a mom. <laughs> That's the obvious go-to. It's like, my son. Um, because he's amazing and says cool stuff all the time that is so inspiring. Like, even when... He's like, so I, poor kid, you know, he's the, he's the son of a psychotherapist. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's like real in tune with his emotions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, can today, I felt slightly triggered. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell me about it. I, at one point it was really funny in the car. Um, we were, we, we both do a lot of thinking in the car. I don't know. Um, and so I asked him something, he goes, you know, you're really interrupting my happy factor right now. Cause I'm kind of in my head about some things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I'll just sit here. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's constantly inspiring me for sure. Um, but you know, I find teachers in everything. Like my dog is a teacher. The weather is a teacher, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really can find teachers all around me in so many different ways. Um, and they're not, and, and they're not always human, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I think I can really draw inspiration from a lot of different places, but one of my most favorite places to get inspiration is reading. I love mm -hmm. books. I read about, gosh, at least a book a week. Um, and I really find a lot of inspiration in some of the more spiritual healers that I've followed too, like uh, Carolyn Miss and Matt Kahn and Dr. Joe Dispenza and Deepak Chopra. So I think that, um, you know, I can draw from those kind of elevated spaces, but I could literally find inspiration in my dog. You know, my dog's sitting out there just staring off and I'm like, yeah, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just sit and stare off like my dog? You know, like he's just happy right now. He's not thinking about anything other than what he is right. doing right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the chicken that he wants to chase, but whatever. <laughs> um, I like that concept. I like how that inspires you. Just even that I just, you got even got me thinking like it could just sit there and just stare and just, just, yeah. And just stare. My dog the same way. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Or just enjoying the outside. Just enjoying the outside. A lot of people are not comfortable just sitting. And I think that, you know, as humans, we were never meant to travel 80 miles an hour. Otherwise, we would be called a cheetah, you know? And yet we put ourselves in these tiny little like metal boxes with wheel, with rubber wheels and go flying literally 70 miles an hour down the road. And it's like, imagine all of the crap that we're inputting at 70 miles an hour, like humans mm -hmm. top speed. I'm not even sure, but I'm going to go with something probably like 36, maybe 40 miles an hour. Who knows? Like that's probably a super right. human. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
Definitely not 70, definitely not 75. Are we evolving fast enough to take on? Sure, we're doing fine. But the bottom line is all that data input just to drive to Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. Think about all the data you take in just to go through a drive-through, right? Like looking at this entire menu of food, (laughs) never were meant to take in this kind of constant data. So if you're not sitting and resting like the greatest resource that you have, you're really doing yourself a disservice, you know? And I even think about like Mm -hmm. on the fasting standpoint, you know, um, autophagy and intermittent fasting, like humans used to have very long gaps between eating. And for example, it takes 12 to 14 hours to digest a slice of pizza. If you Mm -hmm. eat a slice of pizza at eight o'clock at night and eat breakfast at nine o'clock the next morning, your stomach never stopped working. It never, right? So it's like, how do you heal? Like imagine going to a you know hot vinyasa flow yoga class every hour of every day, 24 seven. It's no wonder we have so many stomach problems and all the different things we have going on. So we never rest it. We never give it a break. And the same thing with our brain. We never rest it. We never give it a break. And sleeping is not the same, right? Because recovery is happening in, happening in its own way uh, subconsciously when we're sleeping. But a cognitive conscious break. Hmm. Like I'm not taking in the ginormous cheesecake factory menu. Right, like I am not taking in all of the different parts, working in like gnats on the freeway. Right, like I'm gonna consciously sit here and detox for a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how we got on that conversation, but yeah, I could talk about it all day. That makes sense, and that may be one of the reasons why a lot of people have so much anxiety. No doubt. <laughs> like if we just look yeah. at. The- the functioning of cortisol on the limbic system mm-hmm. and you know we tie in all the neurotransmitters GABA mm-hmm. adrenaline dopamine yeah. like if you're not bringing yourself down to baseline and zeroing yourself out you're just climbing the mountain of cortisol right. mm. you're just stacking it on top you're never bringing it back down you know it's mm-hmm. no wonder we have stomach problems and um autoimmune disorders and just right all- Mm, so true. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to go back. I want to piggyback into uh, some happy tips. Um, can you give us some happy tips to remind us how to be happy at home and away from people? Um, so my honest opinion is humans are not meant to be away from people. We are social to the nth. Um, alone time is one thing. Uh, and important. But even Buddhist monks who spend a lot of alone time are together. Mm. It's not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be, you know, segregated and living in solitary. There's a reason that that is the utmost punishment in prison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's freaking torture. So my tip for being happy uh, away from people is don't be away from people. Okay. okay. Sadly, um, you need people. You just do. Um, imagine taking an emperor penguin and putting them on their own little ice island by themselves. That penguin is going to die quickly for lots of reasons. One, penguin can't survive without other penguins. That's how they operate and function. Um, for, for in the pack, 
right? So that they don't get eaten by a polar bear, as example. Um, but also because they need the connection that comes from that. So they're going to mm -hmm. die of, of a lonely, broken heart, right? So they're going to give up on life. So my tip for being happy away from people is don't be away from people. Um, mm -hmm. And we can look at this in many different uh, species within the animal kingdom, right? Uh, uh, you know, humans, we think we're so freaking special, but really monkeys open bananas. <laughs> So, so, true. <laughs> um, so I think that it's important we not, and, and I don't mean that you need to, you know, I mean, physical connection is incredibly important, but freaking call grandma. You know what I mean? Like, don't leave her alone. Don't do that. Don't do that to you. Don't do that. <laughs> Happy to set home. This is important. If you cannot create a space that feels safe, comforting, enjoyable, peaceful, at home, then you're going to carry that into everything else in your life. Mm -hmm. So what I really like to do is physically create a space in your home that is like your Zen space. Mm -hmm. um, and what I also like to tell clients, and I actually lead this in a workshop, um, on the workshop is about achieving a dream or a goal, but it's really important that you recognize your physical space is an extension of your brain. Okay. So if your physical space is cluttered, dirty, a mess, that's like exactly what's happening up here. Mm -hmm. um, so clean, clean your space. And if you can't clean the whole space and you can't redecorate financially or whatever, I get it. Take a small little space. Maybe you only have a bedroom and an apartment that you share with somebody. And maybe it, you know, you, there's only so much you could do. Take a little tiny corner and make it special. Make it whatever special looks like for you. I mean, I have a lot of these different spaces in my home, both indoors and outdoors, because I just like it. I really like being home. I mean, I'm a crazy adventurer. I've been to like three different countries. I love to travel. I've always on the go, but I also love being home. And home is like my safe, peaceful, zen oasis that I can ground and reconnect. And it is important that home, if not happy, at least peaceful. Like at least where yeah. you have a spot that you can go and create some sense of peace and happiness mm -hmm. yeah yeah or the tub that's that's my like yes I didn't have a bathtub for a while while I was pregnant and I remember thinking like that felt very heavy you know because mm -hmm. it was a super important place to unwind yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, Maya wanted just coming into my place because, you know, I live alone and it's just peaceful and I could just sit on my couch and just like unwind just mm -hmm. like for those few minutes before I know I have to get back up to do other things that I need to get done. But it, it's just peaceful. I can go and cook. It's peaceful. I can lay on my bed. It's peaceful. So I my apartment is my quiet place. Safe space. Yeah. Mm hmm. So let's go into 
all the great information that you provided, can you share with us what you do to help others? Um, I know you're a counselor, but share your business and how we can support you. Yeah. So, I mean, for the women listening, since this is a women oriented, you know, show the book, uh, the bestseller empowered a motivational journal for women is available on Amazon. It's one of the greatest um, tools. I really poured myself into that project and I'm really happy with it. And I think it's, um, helping a lot of people tap into this and, you know, creating this safe space at home that's in there. It walks you right through how to do that. Uh, lots of stuff on happiness, lots of inner child work and playing, getting playful and creative. Um, all of my books are available on my website, beyoufindhappy.com, B-E-Y-O-U, findhappy.com. And I do the workshops and I also do uh, the podcast and yeah. I have the psychotherapy practice and just so much fun stuff in the works. Awesome. We're excited. Awesome. Is there anything that you wanted to express or share before we actually close out? You know, I just think it's important that we, I think a lot of times we can listen to stuff like this and be like, oh, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And my encouragement is to actually be still. Actually, be still for a minute and just see how these things resonate with you. It's really easy to get caught up in like the self-help. I'm going to buy every journal and every book available. <laughs> you know, like, just be still. Right. Just like go sit with yourself for a minute and think about life and um, and don't think about life. You know, think about the color of the leaves. And, you know, this is another interesting thing that I would like to share is that a lot of these things are constructs that people told us, right? So for example, I'm looking at this beautiful field right now and there's a tree here and um, these leaves are very bright green. But somebody told me that is bright green. You know, I didn't like come out of the womb going, oh, bright green, you know, <laughs> this is bright green. Somebody told me that's bright green. So, you know, what are people telling you in your life mm. that you've created as a true narrative? that maybe isn't true for you. Mm. Right? Oh, that was good. Mm. Yes, it was. Um, Every once you. in a while, there's a little gem. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was the drop the mic gem. That was a good one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that was a clubhouse moment, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for coming on. I loved all your input and for yeah. educating us. <laughs> yeah. And there is one question we ask all our guest speakers. What makes you uncommon? Uh, well, besides being totally crazy nut job, um, maybe that makes it more common these days. <laughs> uh, I just don't live within the social constructs of what, who, where, why, how, you know, I just live from this more like intuitive space um, of exploring and feeling and I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to um, screw up and make amends, you know, so I think that I think that a lot of times people are like going through life thinking like, I have to do what society says. And I'm like, nah, I'm not a big fan of that. Mm. <laughs> so I think that makes me pretty uncommon. Like I'm not a rule breaker, but I'm not a rule follower either. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. 
So I'm not living with like reckless abandon, right? I'm not going to go jump out of an airplane without a parachute. <laughs> Unless there's no other option at all. And even then, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the way you think. It's just like it just comes out and it's just Very like, uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great spirit, though. Um, Michaela, <laughs> Michaela, I love it. Thank you, Michaela. Yeah, follow me on in on Instagram too at Michaela Renee J. Um, and I post a lot of kind of unorthodox quotes and different ways of looking at life there too. Awesome. Which actually ticks a lot of people off, but I'm like, cool. Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, you, you are. <laughs> Thank you, Michaela, again. Um, I love your 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 spirit. <laughs> um, everyone, um, come check out our clothes. If you have any topics or any potential speakers, or if you know any potential speakers, uh, check out our website at www.uncommonwomen.net. And also, our we had our self love seminar last Saturday. It was empowering. It was amazing uh, with all these ladies. It yeah. is available. It is available. We have it. Uh, recording is available. Sorry about that. Um, next week's episode. Oh no! Before I get there, also check out our uh, YouTube channel, Uncommon Women Podcast. Like and subscribe and comment. Check it out. And next week's episode will be recorded on the 3rd of next month, June 3rd, obviously. Uh, she will be speaking on how to connect with your partner intimately. And then stay on common. Bye. Bye.